0: Before we get to episode 177, I just wanted to take a moment to ask for your support of the Keystone Chapter of the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. Go to supportkeystonechapter.org. Scroll down. There's a text field there. It's got $50 in it, but you don't need to give $50 to make a difference. Any amount you give would be greatly appreciated. Again, that's supportkeystonechapter.org. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate your support. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there and welcome to episode 177 of the I Can't See You podcast. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for today's episode. And I've got a few little things to talk about and then one very important thing. And I'll lead off with... My recent vision, and I've noticed an issue. Uh, Hopefully, it's nothing too much. If it continues the way it was yesterday, a a few more times before my next appointment, I will make an appointment before my next appointment gets here, because I was having some difficulty, had a little bit of pain, so I'll have to see how it goes. But for now, actually, right at this moment, everything feels great, and I'm seeing okay, but uh, it was a little concerning when it did happen. So uh, I'll keep an eye on that. <laughs> Pardon the pun. <laughs> uh, another thing I wanted to bring up, I haven't talked about the fantasy hockey, and they're in the finals, and I say there because the white cane kilas are long gone. It is Ice Pugs, our friend Frank, against Team Quick, which is Nikki Pools. If you've watched the football video, that's ican'tseeyou.com slash football. If you want to check out our football draft from last September, that was done by Yahoo, and still out there kicking with a lot of views. And uh, give it a check if you haven't. Again, Ican'tseeyou.com/slash-football if you want to take a look at that. And Nick was a perennial winner of the fantasy football league, but he didn't win this year. He didn't even make the finals. However, he is in the finals, and unfortunately for Frank, it looks like he is going to win, which is only right because he is Canadian after all. So good luck to both those guys. There's a few days left. Season ends, uh, championship ends on the 1st of May. Uh, At this moment, I believe Nick is up by close to 100 points. Might not be quite that much, but it looks like projections have him winning by 100 if he's not up by 100 now. I looked at it this morning, and I don't remember what the numbers were, but they did not look like they were in favor of the Ice Pugs, (laughs) which I still love that name. So Frank, hold your head up, and I again I have to apologize. I am not going to do your call in this week that you did a couple of weeks ago, uh, and you'll find out in a couple of minutes why. Um, But I will get to it, I promise. And I thought I was going to get to it this week, but one thing has changed that, like I said, I'll get to in a minute. A couple other things I wanted to talk about. I was in Philadelphia earlier this week to check out the beta versions of the University of the Arts students accessible museum exhibit. And what an incredible transformation the kids did with their projects. From the first time we saw them, uh, there was one, actually there was more than one, where (laughs) you had to hold a tinfoil ball that was connected to a wire in one hand and then press a button with your other hand to make things work. Now they had that stuff all ironed out, legitimate buttons on most of them. And it just worked out really well. It was just impressive what the uh, students had done. So I can't wait on May 9th is when they're going to present their final projects. And we gave them suggestions and feedback on what they could do and what they couldn't do or should do and shouldn't do, uh, or change or improve or get rid of. And, um, some of the stuff, the the one that to me really improved, one of them did an accessible map. And one thing they did to make it a whole lot better for folks who were visually impaired, they took the walls that I think the last time we were there were an off-white. The, the accessible map had raised walls so you could kind of feel your way through. And they still did something like that, but the walls this time were covered in black tape, which is electrical tape, but it was covered in black tape. So for me, when I looked at it, even though my vision is very limited, I could see kind of how the layout was, which was awesome. And instead of the not-so-cool buttons they had last time, they had proper buttons this time, worked very well. Everything about it, That to me, that was the most improved. Uh, the one that I was really excited for that still continued to do great things was a an accessibility project for there's a giant painting at the top of the stairs of the Museum of the American Revolution and that's what all of these these projects are based on the Museum of the American Revolution in Old City Philadelphia and they did some cool things with their with their map uh, I'm sorry with their with their painting and how you would select which portion of the painting you want to hear about and things like that. Some of the things they did, they wouldn't know that you don't need to do something like that. For example, they had a picture of the painting in the backdrop where the different buttons were, which even if you're visually impaired, you're not going to be able, I couldn't tell what it was. And as I've mentioned countless times here, when there is something that has a whole bunch of stuff on it, like a table or a desk, um, or a wall that might have a bunch of shelves, it might as well not have anything on it or have everything on it because I can't tell what's there. Everything just goes together. When you have a table that has only a couple of things on it, for example, then I know what's there and it's easy to find, let's say, a button or whatnot. So we told them that that wasn't very necessary. They also had cutouts of where the buttons were for what section of the painting they were talking about. For example, there's a cutout of, I believe it's uh, Rochambeau and Washington, but it was just a cutout. So to me, it just felt like a weird shape. And they may have had a picture of the image of the two of them, but again, I couldn't tell. So we told them that they didn't need that. Uh, Maybe if it were... A th- more of a 3D type of thing, or completely tactile, where you could feel the hat and you could feel the uh, the buttons on his on his uniform and things like that. Maybe that would have helped, but just the outline and being raised, it, it wasn't very helpful. So we had suggested that they go to just a normal button for that. And again, a great they they did a great job with the sound effects. The sounds were awesome. And another. I want to say another group or two had really good sound. I, I think it was the accessible map. I think they had some sound uh, besides what they were des- describing when you pushed the button. Um, there was another that had a t- display that was going to be things that are behind glass, and it was a sword, and I don't remember the sword. Oh my gosh, I don't remember anything about it, even though we listened, <laughs> we listened to it a few times. So basically, you can feel, they have a mock-up of the sword, and when you get up to the place where most people would stand to look at the sword, which is behind glass, it had a mock-up so you could feel the handle, and you could feel the guard, and you could feel the blade. And now, remember, it's a a college project, so the blade was cardboard and (laughs) tinfoil. So no chance of cutting anything there. Uh, But they also had, which was very cool, a weighted sword that you could pick up and feel the weight of it now the way the way they had it it was like you're pulling the sword out of the out of the stone and we had suggested that they change the way you pull that out instead of pulling straight up maybe have it so you could pull it out uh, on a uh, horizontal plane as opposed to trying to lift it up um, as if you're pulling it out of an umbrella holder or or something like that so that was also very cool and again they don't really have a lot to work with, so it's it's kind of interesting how they did everything, and um, all the all the groups improved their projects a, a great deal, and I can't wait to go back on the ninth to to see how things finish up. So that was a lot of fun. That was uh, earlier this week. I had done that, and this time this time I had no issues with Uber going into or coming out of Philadelphia. So all was well there. And finally, before we get to the main topic of today, I just wanted to give a short business enterprise program update, one of the things that I had to do to keep moving forward with the business enterprise program was get some documents to the Bureau of Blindness and Visual Services. And the documents I needed to get to them was to have an eye doctor sign off on what my visual acuity is and all sorts of other information they requested. So when I went to my one-week follow-up appointment, as I may have mentioned last week, I left the paperwork there, and I just got the paperwork from them in the mail, so I know that they also faxed them or emailed them over to BBVS. So I'm guessing that's still moving forward. I don't quite know, because as I mentioned last week, the counselor that I have, Mrs. Lopez, said that it was closed to new applicants, At this point, because of COVID and the backlog that they have with the existing applicants that aren't yet open. So, we will see where that all ends up, but at least I'm continuing to move forward. I don't think that anything is going to come of it, to be honest, but I'm not going to be the one that drops the ball. I'm going to continue to push forward. And again, I'm not sure that I'll even be in this area or in the state of Pennsylvania once everything gets ready and I'm able to start in the program or Whatever the next step is. But I continue to move forward and we'll see where it leads. The main thing I wanted to talk today about is Liz's mom. Uh, Felicia Lindsley passed away on Tuesday, the 26th. She was 85. She would have been 86 in September. And everybody knew her as Grandmaire. Even, <laughs> even uh, other people that weren't related to her would call her Grandmaire. Now, I'm sure you're thinking, oh, Felicia must have been French. She wasn't. So how did she get Grand Maire? We're not 100% sure. If you're familiar with the game Worldle, not Wordle, Worldle, it's where you're shown the shape of a country, and you have to get guess what country it is. And when you guess incorrectly, for in this instance, you would have said France, and it would have told you 1,500 kilometers northeast. And of course, if you did that, you would be in Poland. And that's where Grand father was from. He left in uh, 1913, so as I probably mentioned a while ago when I was looking into getting a second passport, if there was any way family-wise we could get one, anybody who left Poland before 1920 or 1918, I don't remember the date, whatever it was, it was after Liz's grandfather left Poland, so not an option. So, when we found out that we were pregnant with Jacob, we went to our folks and said, All right, what do you want to be called when this kid comes? And I don't remember how the whole thing actually went down, but my parents settled on Mama and Papa. And I don't know that that was an option if Felicia and Vincent wanted that. I just know Felicia picked for bo- for both her and for Vincent because when she picked Grand Mare, there really wasn't another way for Vincent to be called anything other than Grandpere. And the funny thing is, after five or six months of calling Felicia Grandmaire, it was didn't phase us anymore. And again, it's not because she was French, because she wasn't. Maybe she just liked it. I just know she didn't want any of the other names. She didn't want it to be called Grammy or Grandma or any of that stuff, and she liked Grand Mare, and we all liked it after that, and I, and I thought it's a great name, and that's what we know her by. I called her Grand Mare, unless she didn't answer. Sometimes I would switch it up and call her by her name if we were in a store. She did have some trouble hearing, so you would go over there to visit with her, and she'd have the TV on, but she'd have the closed captions on. So you, for me, I I didn't even know if she was awake sometimes because I would just hear nothing and not realize that she was in there watching TV until either she laughed or uh, any of that. She was um, our A-team as far as babysitters go. When we needed somebody to come over and watch the kids, she was the one we called. She could be there in probably 15 minutes to a half an hour, depending on traffic. She lived about four or five miles away from us, uh, and she lived... Uh, with Liz's dad in the house Liz grew up in, and, and actually that's where she died, in that house, which is what she wanted. So when we would call her, she was the one if we needed somebody on the spur for the moment. If we knew something was coming up next Tuesday at 10 a.m., then we'd get my mom. Where there was plenty of pre- <laughs> pre-notice and everything was all aligned, we'd call her. And then if my mom had something going on, then we would call Felicia, uh, but Felicia was the A team for us, and the preferred, the preferred call. Now, obviously, at the beginning, it was easy because Jacob was the first grandchild, so very easy. Any any issues, we needed to get somewhere, whether it was for uh, doing something with the business, and at the time when Jacob was born, it was the video store, or if we uh, were going out to to a movie or for dinner or whatever. She was the one. And because she drove at night, she she was a lot younger than my mom. My mom uh, was born in 29. Felicia's born in 36. So uh, the seven years uh, difference was a pretty big deal as my mom got older. My mom was never comfortable driving to begin with. So again, if we needed anybody at night, it usually was Felicia. Unless it was while my dad was still driving, then my mom and dad would come over but they would come over just about every Saturday night. They'd bring a pizza. If we wanted to go out, if Liz and I wanted to go out, they, we would go out if it was after we had the video store. When we had the video store, I worked every Saturday night. So that they came over and visited with Liz and, and Jacob. And then I guess with Jane when she came along. But it, the way our, the, the grandkids, and she had five grandkids, Jacob and Jane. Jacob was the first, Jane was the first granddaughter. Then in between uh, was Hunter. He is a few months older than Jane, Then there's Logan, who is a couple years younger, and then Megan came in 2004. And it was nice because she got to spend a lot of time with Megan because Megan was really the only one, uh, as a baby and an infant, that really needed as much babysitting. If Margaret was working, Felicia could go take care of Megan, and our kids were already in school, and uh, Hunter and Logan were up in uh, North Jersey, so she would go there. That would be usually an overnight stay, uh, if not longer, but they, they were spaced perfectly, I think, to have, to have Felicia be able to get some good time with all of them. And one of the things that Liz took, uh, Jane used to like to make her hair up and, and do her makeup. And there's a picture of, uh, Felicia with, with crazy hair and all sorts of crazy makeup on. And I don't remember Liz bought the frame for her a few years ago. I think it was Liz that bought the frame. I don't remember if it said true love or strong love or something like that, but it's a, (laughs) it's a picture of her with this crazy makeup scheme on and crazy hair and whatnot that Jane, that Jane had done with her when I I don't remember how old Jane was. I want to say maybe five, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, she was the A team there. One of the other things that's kind of funny, when there were bad storms coming, she would call us. And it got to the point where when the phone would ring and I knew that there were storms coming, I'd say, hello, Felicia, or hello, Grand Mare. I said, yes, I'm aware that there's a storm coming. I've already filled the tub. Because she would say, make sure you do this and do that and everything else to be ready. And um, and it was always funny that she would call and then we got worried when she stopped calling. I don't know if she got, she got tired of the sass we would give her when she called to tell us that we already knew the bad weather was coming or maybe she didn't care about us anymore. I don't know what it was. I'm, I'm hoping it wasn't that. <laughs> I'm hoping it wasn't that. But she would always call. One year, Suzanne and Jay got her, Suzanne is Liz's sister, oldest sister, got her a weather station so she could do all of that monitoring at her house. And, and she was so mad about this weather station. She's like, why would I need this? I don't do any of this stuff. And and she just went on and on and on. And thank God we didn't get it for her because we all had the same idea. So it was just kind of funny how, how funny she reacted to it. And... Uh, it it really was her. I mean, she watched the Weather Channel all the time and always knew when storms were coming and whether it was thunderstorms or snow or sleet or whatever. So it was always a lot of fun. And when I didn't close the video store when they were predicting snow, I said, if I have to sleep there, I will. It's okay. And I always got worried when there was bad weather coming and someone would have to either leave their house to pick me up or take me in. Because I thought, oh my God, if somebody gets in an accident while they're driving me to work during this bad weather, I will never hear the end of it from her and Vincent, Liz's dad. Snow with the video store was the best time. When there was a snow scare, we rented so many videos that it was just incredible. The year Jacob was born, 1994, on the East Coast and in the Philadelphia area, we had multiple snow and ice storms. And I I think there were three or four different nights that we rented over a thousand tapes and games, which was by far the most we had ever rented. I wanna say on a non-weather day, the most we ever rented maybe six or seven hundred. Usually, New Year's Eve was a big day, it, and that was a that was a big rental day. And of course, now who needs to even leave their house to get a video? You just pull it up on your phone or your TV from multiple streaming choices and whatnot. So it was always funny with her and the weather. So uh, we always called her the weather lady. I always thought it would be funny for her if we could have her each morning do a. Short we- short weather forecast for YouTube. Hi, this is Grand Mare, And today's weather is blah, 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 blah. Of course, we never did it because we, that would have meant she would have had to come over before we went to work. And when we had the beauty supply store, salon supplies and interiors, we usually left the house at eight. And obviously, we always cut it close. And I would, as I do now, go to sleep late and get up just in time to get in the shower and get out the door. But I always thought that would be a fun idea. To have her do because she just had that personality that would have been good to listen to and would have had some folks watching. Maybe maybe not that many because who knows how many people outside of the Philadelphia area would watch because if you're in Miami, you don't need to hear that we're going to have snow flurries and rain showers and it's going to be 40 degrees when you're in Miami and it's going to be 70. I asked Jane the other day if she wanted to come on and talk about Gramaire, and she had too much to do. She had a lot going on yesterday. She's actually out, uh, I'm recording this on Thursday night, she's actually out with an editor right now and didn't really have time to do it where it would be in time to do for this episode. So I asked her, I said, what, what, give me a story from Grand that you remember. <laughs> and she said, one of the things that they did a lot on the weekends when the kids were off, they would take them out to breakfast. Vincent and Felicia would take the kids out. And sometimes we would go, again, when I had the video store, I was at the video store because we had a Ticketmaster machine. So tickets were always on sale on Saturday mornings. And if tickets were on sale, Liz was also there. Liz didn't work there very much once we had kids. But that is one time that she would be there would be when we had tickets go on sale so she could handle the... We always needed extra people. We needed somebody to handle the cash. I would work the machine. We had to have another person work the door because we'd let two people in at a time. And then once they were done, the next two people would come in and so forth. And then we still had to have staff for the video store side of things. So Vincent and Felicia would take the kids out to breakfast and again, let them do do just about anything. Uh, And they were pretty strict, which is kind of funny. Jane told me the other day this story that they went to one of the places that they love to go, meaning Vincent and Felicia. And then of course, Jacob and Jane like to go there as well. And it's called the Upland Diner. And Jane got some sort of waffle dish that came with vanilla ice cream. (laughs) And Jane said, I was thinking the whole time, they're never going to let me get that. They're never going to let me eat that ice cream. And then I ordered it, she said. And when it came, I thought they were going to tell me not to eat it. (laughs) And here it is, you know, nine o'clock on a Saturday morning, and she's eating vanilla ice cream on this waffle. And of course, she came home and immediately told us or went to the video store, whatever we were doing at the time, I don't remember when when this all happened, but immediately told us, yeah, I got to eat (laughs) vanilla ice cream for breakfast today. (laughs) And uh, we were surprised because Liz would have never been able to eat vanilla ice cream at breakfast time when she was a kid. And I guess that's the fun of grandkids. (laughs) You You get to do stuff like that that you don't let your kids do. So that was one of the stories. And it was one thing with them going out. They went out to breakfast every morning, especially once Vincent retired, which I'm not quite sure when that was. I want to say the 90s. He was a dean at Widener University in Chester. Uh, and they called him Dean Caffeine, which is funny because I have, I'm have i developing a site called deancaffeine.com that I actually had it under another name but found out there's a trademark issue, so I didn't want to develop it further uh, and have a... The possibility later on down the road of losing it because of the trademark thing. So I was thinking about another name, and it hit me about a month ago that why don't I call it DeanCaffeine.com? Could use a likeness of Vincent. Could come up with some sort of schooling type of metaphor with the coffee bit, and um, so that that should be uh, up and running within a couple of months. I don't have I just have the domain and uh, WordPress on it at this point. So on most weekends, they would take the kids out in the morning for breakfast sometimes. And we were always invited, too, but we either had store stuff going on uh, or other things going on. And sometimes once Jacob started with soccer on Saturdays, maybe they would just take Jane and things like that. And then as things continued to move on, later on, Megan and Jacob and Jane would go and things like that. Sometimes Margaret would go, too. Uh, it was just a lot of fun for the kids. They got they got to spend a lot of time with Vincent and Felicia. So that that part was great, and a lot more time than with my folks at that point in their lives. My folks were still going down to Florida, so they didn't they didn't do things like that uh, with the kids. If we all if we went out to eat, we all went out together, and that's what we would do when we would go visit my parents. They didn't live as close after a few years, and so we would go out to visit them and then go out for lunch or go out for dinner. And it was also a way to get my folks out and uh, doing things When once my dad stopped driving. And um, again, my mom would drive, but she wasn't very comfortable with it, even though she was a great driver. So, uh, so it, was, uh, it was good for, for everybody involved. <laughs> but Felicia was, like I said, the A-team. And her funeral is uh, Monday. It is going to be private. So uh, one, of the, one of the last things that I'll mention here about her For the last few years, she has been saying, remember, I want my funeral to be a celebration of my life. I don't want it to be somber. I want everybody to be wearing Hawaiian shirts and festive things. And so for the last few days, we've been looking for Hawaiian shirts and something that would be okay and something that we all could wear. And I kind of lost out with the Hawaiian shirt bit, some because we wouldn't have them in time, for the funeral. And we certainly don't need another Hawaiian shirt that I will wear once every couple of years. So we ended up getting, we're able to get Hawaiian shirt looking ties, which going back to the (laughs) eighties, I had a lot of ties like that. Um, but we have two ties, one for me and one for Jacob. One of them is a sunset, which he loved watching the sunset uh, it's got the sunset and a palm tree and some other things on there. And one is like a Hawaiian shirt, which is very cool. Another thing she loved was school buses. And I was trying to find a school bus tie, but we couldn't find something that was exactly like she wanted The last five or 10 years, she has just been, when she would see a school bus, she would go nuts. And I, I don't know where that came from. Uh, I don't know if it's from when she started getting Megan off the bus at her house uh, at Megan's house, um, or if it was from something else, I don't. I don't know what the wh- where the school bus thing came from, uh, but it was all, it was it was always funny. And the last time that I saw her, which was on Easter, when Liz Jane and I went over there, we were talking, and she said to us, to Jane and I, she said, "Oh, I guess I won't see the school buses tomorrow." And I said, "No, schools are open tomorrow. Liz has school, and so I'm sure most schools are open tomorrow." And she said, oh, I didn't think they'd be open on Easter Monday, so forth and so on. And she was very excited when we told her there would be school buses the next day, which we later found out she did see some, because evidently a couple would go down her street. So, and she had a nice big picture window in her room so she could watch them all. But I couldn't find a great school bus tie, as I said, so I opted for these these other ties. Um, If allowed, I would have purchased a (laughs) Hawaiian shirt suit, uh, if you have a Coles near you, a couple of years ago, they had some really crazy suits in there, one that had pineapples all over it and one that looked like Uncle Sam. And there was another one that I, I don't remember what it looked like, but it was very festive and something you really wouldn't wear often, I'm guessing. Uh, but I would have bought one had there been one fairly priced and and, and easy and, and being able to get it in time uh, for Monday but there wasn't, and Liz was thanking God that there wasn't because she didn't really want to be seen with me wearing something like that. But again, I always think it would be funny to wear a suit that is either very bright or uh, very festive like these suits because it just goes in with the, oh my gosh, this guy, this blind guy just showed up in this suit. He must not have seen what it looked like, and nobody told him, and look at what he's wearing. I just think it would be a, something a something to start a conversation about being blind and and uh, things like that. So I was a little disappointed, to be honest, that I couldn't find a, a suit like that. Uh, but I guess it's okay that that's the case because, unfortunately, before we go to Liz's mother's funeral on Monday, we're stopping in to pay our respects for Alex's mother and condolences to him. His mother died on Friday, uh, a couple of days before, a few days before Felicia. And... So fortunately for us, we're able to go because it's right down the street from Liz's church where Felicia's service will be. So that all worked out well so that at least we could stop in. Obviously, we we're not going to stay long, and uh, but I'm glad we'll be able to get to see Alex and Stephanie and their boys and, again, pay our respects and then get in the car and go down the street and do it all over again uh, at the church for... Grand So that is what I have for you this week. Again, it's sad that this happened at this time, but as we've all been saying, uh, Felicia hasn't been in great shape for the last month to six weeks, and no one wants to live the way she was living, including her. She again, was living at home. Margaret was, Margaret is Liz's next oldest, it, Suzanne, Margaret, Liz, in that order. Uh, so she was taking care of Felicia, and then Liz was going over there in the evenings to help her get ready for bed and so forth. And I know I don't want to live that way. Liz doesn't want to live that way. So the suffering wasn't for a long time. It was, again, the last six weeks have just not been great. And that part is good that there's, there's no suffering any longer. And, uh, she, she told us she wasn't afraid to die and she was, she was okay with it. And again, it's sad because we're all going to miss her. Uh, but it's good that she didn't suffer for a long period. And, um, uh, and that's that's what I have to tell you about Grandmaire. She was just a great lady and was always there to help us when we needed it, and uh, again, she'll be missed so uh, so yeah, so that's it for episode 177. I really do appreciate you listening to the i can't See you podcast. Remember if you have questions, comments, show ideas, please reach out i can't see you podcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review wherever you're listening. It re- would really help the show grow and and we also have a line. If you've got questions, comments, show ideas, tips, please reach out 646-926-6350. Again, 646-926-6350. Please leave your name in town. If you do leave a voicemail and we will get that on an upcoming episode. And Frank, I promise it's coming. <laughs> it is coming soon. Uh, and I do appreciate you for leaving that tip on Bookshare. Uh, hopefully next week. I know I said that last week, but we didn't foresee this so quickly. So again, I do appreciate you listening to episode 177. Thank you so much. I do appreciate it. Take care, stay well, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.